0: Free agent targets for the New York Rangers. We know the blue shirts have limited cap space going into free agency this offseason. And that's why we're identifying three different unrestricted free agents who should be inexpensive. And we're gonna talk about them and why the Rangers uh should or could or maybe even will look to target them this season once free agency begins. All this and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 853 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, and we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so, yeah, I mean, pretty much uh, the intro says it all. We're going to take a look at three different unrestricted free agents from around this league that I think... Uh, the Rangers have maybe at least a little bit of a chance to sign, or there are at least people on whom the Rangers should do their due diligence. Uh, they could be fits, and you know guys that overall I like. I like all three of the players that we're going to talk about on today's episode. And uh, go ahead and just dive right into it here, beginning with Garnett Hathaway, 31-year-old winger who played for the Capitals as well as the Bruins this past season. Big guy, six foot three, 208 pounds. This is the kind of uh, hardworking blue collar, old school, tough player uh, that the Rangers really could use more of. You know, we need a few more guys who, you know, I always used to say this about yes, for Foss. They play every shift like it's their last. Guys that just go out there and grind and uh, they get after it. They play physical. They're not going to be pushed around. I think Garnett Hathaway uh, definitely fits the bill there and something that we got to talk about right away as it pertains to Hathaway. First and foremost, he plays right wing and that is absolutely where the Rangers, at least in my very humble opinion, are at their weakest. You know, beyond Capo Caco, there aren't really any sure things. And even Caco, I don't know that you can really call him a sure thing, but obviously they drafted him very high. There's upside. He has gotten better with every year that he's been in the league. Um, But the Rangers do need a little bit more at right wing. Uh, Hathaway can also play some left wing, although I got to believe if the Rangers uh, were to bring him in, they would certainly see him uh, as a right winger. Good to know he can play the left side in a pinch. But, you know, Hathaway, as one of the bottom six right wings on this team, whether it's the third line or preferably the fourth line. uh, I think he could certainly be a fit there to kind of just run through his stats and what he's done uh, thus far in his NHL career. 457 games with the Flames, Capitals, and Bruins uh, has scored 58 goals and picked up 64 assists. So 122 points in 457 games, scoring obviously not really his MO. Uh, He can chip in there every once in a while. Um, he's a plus 53 for his career, uh, his worst season ever, as far as plus minus is concerned was only a minus one. And that occurred when he was a rookie. Uh, he's also averaged 11 minutes and 35 seconds of ice time per night. 1,346 hits in his career. So that's close to averaging three hits per game. And uh, that's especially impressive when you consider that, once again, he doesn't get a ton of ice time uh, for his career. Once again, 11 minutes and 35 seconds of ice time per night. So when he's out there, uh, he's playing a physical brand of hockey. He's looking to hit anything that moves. And again, I do think the Rangers, and I think a lot of you guys will probably back me up on this, uh, could use more players of that ilk. Uh, He has also blocked 320 shots in his career, 118 takeaways against 111 giveaways. And then another 31 playoff games for Hathaway, three goals and three assists in those postseason games. Uh, This past season, he split it between the Capitals and the Bruins, 84 games, which is interesting in its own right, because teams only play 82. But of course, he was traded, ends up playing uh, more than 82 games, gets 84 games, uh, 13 goals for Hathaway, nine assists, 22 points, a plus five, uh, average 11 minutes and 48 seconds of ice time between the two teams. 268 hits—that was a new career high, as was uh, his total of block shots, which was 83, also a new career high. And I think that the fact that the Boston Bruins of all teams—you know—they're they, having this unbelievably impressive regular season. And we all know what happened in the first round; they get knocked out by the Panthers. Um, but you know, they're having a record-setting season and One of the best seasons that we've ever seen, and it's getting near the trade deadline. Okay, what do we have to do here? What kind of player are we looking for? How do we make this team that's been a juggernaut even better? How do we make this team even more of a threat come Stanley Cup playoff time? Well, one of the guys that they went out and got, among some others, uh, was Garnett Hathaway. And to me, that kind of speaks volumes again, that a team like the Bruins that has been successful over the years, Uh, not quite as successful as their fans would lead you to believe. I I believe it's like one Stanley Cup in 50 years, something along those lines. But they have been a good team. They're basically a threat every single season. And they were in first place in the league in the regular season by miles. And again, how do we make this team better? Uh, We go out and we uh, acquire Hathaway to uh, come in and play a physical brand of hockey for this team. And that's what they ended up doing. Uh, For me, Hathaway is somebody, it's going to be hard to figure out his market. You know, if there's a team that, once more toughness and once more grip badly enough, do they overpay? I think it's at least possible. Um, but I don't think that Hathaway is going to command any more than, say, about $2 million annually. And even that might be a little bit too much for the Rangers. You know, we'll see. Depends on some other things that happen. Uh, but as far as the contract that he just had, Hathaway coming off a four-year deal that caver- carried excuse me, an average annual cap hit of just $1.5 million. So I think he'd probably get a uh, raise from that number but probably not like a significant one. I can't imagine, maybe like $2 million, $2.25 somewhere in there. Uh, I think Hathaway, um, among other players, stands to benefit from the fact that there's a little bit of a thinner draft class than we've seen in some recent seasons. And so maybe some role players, guys like Hathaway, they end up getting uh, longer deals, more expensive deals than they might otherwise get in some other off-seasons where there are some, you know, star players available, there just aren't as many of those kinds of players uh, this time around. And Hathaway may stand to benefit from that. Uh, as Ranger fans, if we want Hathaway, we hope that that doesn't happen because uh, if somebody really reaches for him, then the Rangers aren't going to be able to chase him. They just don't have the cap space to do it. Uh, one other thing that I have to mention about Hathaway, though, and it's something that, uh, you know, you guys have probably put the pieces together and uh, something that I'm sure a lot of you are already very well aware of, but there's familiarity with Peter Laviolette. He played for him in all three of the past three seasons with the Washington Capitals, and just kind of seems like a LaViolette kind of player. Plays a little bit of an edge. uh, He really racks up the hits. And an interesting note is that Hathaway got more ice time under LaViolette than he had at any point in his career. Uh, Hathaway spent his first four seasons with the Flames, averaged 10 minutes and 47 seconds of ice time. And then in four seasons with the Capitals, he averaged 12-11 ice time per night. Uh, three of his four seasons were with Laviolette, the last three of the four. And, uh, you know, again, obviously saw a great uptick in his ice time. Then, uh, then he goes to Boston, his ice time goes down to 1104, which is to be expected. They had a great team and, uh, he probably didn't have as big of a role with them as he did with the caps, but it's also interesting to note again, Hathaway, not known as a great offensive player, but he did have. Uh, His best offensive seasons under Peter Laviolette, a career-high 14 goals in 2021-2022, a career-high 26 points that same season. And in the two seasons, two full seasons with Laviolette, uh, he had 12 assists in both of them, which is also uh, his career-high. He's never had more than 12 assists, and he did that twice uh, with Peter Laviolette. So he was close to a third of a point-per-game player while he was playing with Peter Laviolette. Those are not Hall of Fame numbers. It's not going to jump off the page, but it shows in addition to being, you know, a physical tough player to play against. Yeah, he can help out offensively every once in a while too, especially when you once again consider uh, his limited ice time. So to kind of wrap it up as far as Hathaway and you know how he could fit in with the Rangers, again, it's really tough to figure out his market. I don't think he would get a ton of money, but as we talked about, this is not the deepest or frankly most you know, star laden free agent class that we've ever seen. And that could result once again in players, you know, role players like Garnett Hathaway getting bigger deals than you might expect them to get. Uh, If you're a Ranger fan and you want uh, Hathaway on this team, as I do, then you're probably gonna have to just keep your fingers crossed um, that, you know, his, his price doesn't balloon. He doesn't get some crazy massive contract from some other team. Because as I mentioned, uh, if that is the case, I don't believe the Rangers would be able to chase him uh, and really reach for him if, if he's somebody that they really want. And uh, again, I, I think he'd be a great fit for this team, but it can only happen if the price is right. So we'll keep our eye on that. We'll see uh, if there's any whispers about who Hathaway might end up with, but uh, I really like him for the Rangers rounding out the bottom 6 Uh, going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. we got a couple other free agents to get to, but first we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it is all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game When you shop on eBay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you will be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eligible items only and exclusions apply. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are, of course, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, definitely stick around. We're going to continue to talk about pretty much every aspect of uh, off-season Ranger hockey here. There's always a lot going on. We've got the draft and free agency right around the corner. We're going to continue to talk about those things. Going to talk about uh, Peter Laviolette and you know who might fill out his coaching staff As assistant coach, and I believe in our next episode, we're going to do a crossover with Locked On Capitals. I want to go ahead and talk to some of the other Locked On hosts who cover teams that were coached by Peter LaViolette in the past. And, you know, going with Locked On Caps here, his most recent stop with the Washington Capitals, figured that was a good place to start. Uh, But to keep everything rolling for today, move on to uh, target number two out of three that we're going to discuss on today's episode in terms of unrestricted free agent targets or potential unrestricted free agent targets for the New York Rangers. We're going to move on to Noel Achari, a 31-year-old center and right winger. And for me, at least, those are the two positions where the Rangers have the most question marks. I mean, center's starting to fill out pretty nicely. You know, obviously, uh, Filipito now under long-term contract. And you've also got Mika Zibanejad and Vincent Trocek already in place. You know, that's a solid uh, trio there. Uh, right wing for sure, though, I think is the biggest weakness. And those are the two positions that Achari plays. Achari stands five 5'10", 210 pounds. In his career, 384 games with the Bruins, Panthers, Blues, and Leafs. He has played for three different teams over the past two seasons, that being the final three of those teams, the Panthers, the Blues, and the Leafs. Uh, and in his career in 384 games, 59 goals, 41 assists, 100 points. He's a minus 10. He also averages 13 minutes and 36 seconds of ice time per night. He has racked up 1,009 hits. 156 takeaways against 81 giveaways wins 50.1% of his faceoffs and that's not exactly a small sample size either um you know so slightly over half uh, he's also blocked 349 shots in his career this most recent season between the Blues and Leafs a career high 30 or 77 games for Achari uh 14 goals that was the second most of his career a career high nine assists uh, 23 points. That was also the second most of his career. He was a minus four. He averaged 14 minutes and 19 seconds of ice time, won a career high, 53.8% of the face-offs. And faceoffs in general seems like an area where he's gotten better and better as the seasons have gone by here. He also had a career high, 244 hits, uh, 81 block shots. That was the second most of his career. So a lot of career highs or second most of his career pretty much across the board there. But I like Achari a lot. You know, to me, he's somebody who shouldn't be super expensive, but he does for somebody who would probably play in the bottom six. He really does give you uh, a little bit of everything. get a little bit of secondary scoring from Achari. You know, I watch one of his goal reels on YouTube. These pop up all over YouTube. Uh, Some of them are produced by, you know, NHL or, you know, some other company. Um, And, you know, they'll basically just show... You know, somebody scores 30 goals on a season. They'll show all 30 goals, one right after another. Uh, Some of them are put up there by fans as well. But with Achari, you know, I was watching one of these goal reels of his, and the one thing that stood out to me more than anything else is a lot of his goals are of the uh, dirty variety. You know, he'll go to the net. He'll kind of figure out a way to get to the net undetected sometimes and kind of be wide open for a pass right there on the doorstep. It's kind of interesting how he does that. Uh, There's times where he'll score on deflection every so often, scores on a lot of rebounds uh or so it would seem you know watching this highlight reel but uh somebody that again is going to get some of those dirty goals not the flashiest player or anything like that but uh, that leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about and that is with Achari you know you're not going to get offensive fireworks you're looking for hard nose hockey and you will get that from Achari you know for starters Achari is somebody that was undrafted and that alone is going to make you pretty much work your tail off if you're ever going to be a player in the NHL i mean there aren't too many undrafted players and I'm realizing as I'm saying this, there, there's one of on the Rangers that's going to fit this description. But there aren't too many, uh, you know, undrafted players in the league that aren't known for you know tremendously hard work. There aren't too many of them that are going to light up the stat sheet night in and night out and make it to the or make it to the NHL that way. Of course, with Artemi Panarin, uh, he did do exactly that. He's obviously a scorer. But most of these guys that go undrafted and end up having, you know, prosperous, long careers in the NHL. And that's not to say that there are a ton of them, but they do exist. Um, You know, a lot of them, it's just from hard work. It's just from going out there and grinding, doing all the little things right, uh, playing mistake-free hockey. And I I think Achari pretty much much gives you all of those things. Uh, As far as the contract is concerned, Achari is coming off of a one-year deal that only paid him $1.25 million. He signed that deal with the St. Louis Blues Uh, Before this past season, he was then traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, near the deadline. Obviously, the Blues were settlers this season. Uh, His price tag, though, on this one-year deal, again, only $1.25 million. It was actually uh, quite the downgrade from his most recent contract before that. The contract that he had before that was for three years with the Florida Panthers, had an average annual value of $1.66 million. So, obviously, shorter term shorter or less money per year as well for nola achari and i get the feeling that maybe his next contract looks somewhat similar to his second most recent contract the one that i just talked about that he signed with the panthers you know three years 1.66 million dollars that's what he got from the panthers i could see like three years at 1.75 1.8 maybe 2 million dollars i mean we'll see Uh, But somewhere in that ballpark, I think sounds about right for Achari. He could be affordable for the Rangers. And it's also possible that they see him as maybe a less expensive and maybe not quite as good version of Barclay Goodrow. You know, Goodrow, like I said, the Rangers need more players like Barclay Goodrow rather than fewer. But with his price tag and the role that he plays on the Rangers, and I like Goodrow, I really hope there's a way he can stick around. But facts are facts with the salary cap. You know, he might be somebody that's a cap casualty and ends up being traded as a result of that and then maybe you look to somebody like Nola Chari who can come in play a similar role has a sk- similar skill set and um cost you quite a bit less that that's at least possible uh, i also mentioned uh, a minute ago the flexibility for achari he can play both right wing and center and obviously that's beneficial for the rangers because again i do think those are the two uh, positions where they are at their weakest but you know, again, whether the Rangers make a play for Acharya or not, it also depends on, you know, how many of their own guys are going to be back. I just mentioned Barkley Goodrow and the possibility of him being traded. Uh, is Tyler Mott going to re-sign? I, I would love to have Tyler Mott back. If you ask me straight up, uh, I can have one of Tyler Mott or anybody that we're going to talk about in today's episode. I'm going with Tyler Mott. I like the skill set. I like what he brings to the Rangers. But if Tyler Mott moves on, you know, then do you go at Nolachari? Does he become kind of a plan B there? Um... Kane and Tarasenko resign. Obviously, if one of them is back, which seems unlikely, but if one of them is back, that's going to eat up a big chunk of the cap as well. And um, then you probably can't afford somebody like Achari. Even if he's only making like $1.8 or $2 million, if you bring back one of the superstars that the Rangers traded for, then uh, you you probably can't afford Achari. But it's going to be interesting to see. Again, very hardworking, physical player, uh, and I think the Rangers could use more of that. One of these guys... And I, again, I, I use this to describe—I I use it to describe Garnett Hathaway just a couple of minutes ago, and also uh, Jesper Foss when he's here. You need a couple of those grinders that just go out there, play every shift like it's their last. I think Achari, uh fits the bill there, and he might come a little bit cheaper than Garnett Hathaway as well. To me, these are two players, fairly similar skill sets, but they're two guys that I think the Rangers uh, absolutely should look into, and um, you know, do their due diligence, as they say, at least looking to the look into the possibility of bringing them into this team. And hopefully those players, whichever one it is, can provide the Rangers a little bit of, uh, of what they lack and obviously a really strong blue-collar work ethic as well. Uh, we'll keep everything rolling in just a second here. We got one other UFA that I want to talk about. He used to play for the Rangers. That's the hint. And, you know, it's one of those things, I'm going to admit, it's a little bit out there, but I need you guys to stick with me, you know, through the explanation here. I, I think it'll make a little bit more sense once I'm done talking about uh, the player that I'm going to talk about in just a second here. Okay, so the big mystery. Who's the third UFA that we're going to talk about in today's episode? I'm going to go, the only hint that I gave was that he used to play for the Rangers. And obviously, look, you can read the episode description and it'll be in there. And some of you might have already done that. And you might know who I'm talking about. I'm going to go with Carl Haglin. Anybody who listens to this show re- regularly, excuse me, uh, you guys know that I'm a fan of, obviously it has to make sense, but I'm a fan of Ranger reunions. With former players, we saw that this past off season with Jimmy Vizy. You know, VZ started his career with the Rangers, bounced around the league, came back to the Rangers, and uh, played some of the best hockey that he's played in quite some time. Obviously, not a superstar player, uh, but somebody who understands his role and I think plays it very effectively. And you know, just this off season, Jesper Foss, another one that he's a UFA. Maybe it makes some sense. Maybe there could be a fit between him and the Rangers. But again, I'm going to toss out Carl Hagelin here, and I realize. There are some very, very obvious red flags here when it comes to potentially bringing back Carl Hagelin. I mean, I don't even know where to start. There, there's quite a few. But I'm going to explain again in due time here uh, why I like this idea and why I think the Rangers should at least look into it. The first issue with Hagelin is the fact that he is starting to get older. He'll be 35 in August, so not ancient, but old enough where you can easily see his speed starting to decline a little bit. You know, once he's getting to that age, that used to be his trademark, just an absolute burner out there. I think the Rangers could use more of that. I'm not so sure he can still bring that to the table the way that he used to. And that's especially true when you've had two surgeries on your hip. Um, You know, the most recent one was, I believe, this past February. Yeah, it was February he missed all of this past season as a member of the Washington Capitals. Uh, and he also suffered an eye injury, a really serious eye injury in practice back in March of 2022. He actually, Haglin revealed just a couple of months ago here that he almost lost the eye. Like, like it, almost, it almost didn't come through. He, he claimed also, though, uh, and, and this goes back to just how rare of a breed the hockey players are. He claimed this past season, though, in 2022-2023 in which he did not play at all, that the eye had gotten back to uh, a point where he could play. You know, the eye was no longer preventing him from playing. The only thing preventing him from playing was the the hip injury, and he was not able to get back uh, for the Capitals this upcoming season. But he's somebody that, um, you know, he's kind of fallen on hard times recently. He's a former Ranger. He was a late-round draft pick. Somebody that is definitely a career overachiever. He's won a couple of Stanley Cups. I mean, unfortunately, it was with the Penguins, but what are you going to do? I, I suppose you can say that that was a silver lining of seeing those Penguin teams win two in a row is that Hagelin got a couple of cups for himself. Um, but, you know, again, he, he's been up against it recently. It's been a tough couple of years for Carl Hagelin. He's someone that I feel like if he comes back, he will immediately become, you know, a front runner for comeback player of the year. And that's almost regardless of whatever kind of... Uh, you know, stats that he's putting up. I think just the fact that he worked his way back from the hip injury and even more seriously, uh, just a, a scary and just insane eye injury. And, you know, again, he was ready to come back from that, uh, as soon as this past season, obviously it didn't happen because of, uh, the hip issues. Um, but you know, it's also been kind of quiet on the Hagelin front. I haven't seen anything from him about whether he wants to play or whether he thinks he can play or the doctors are going to clear him to play or anything like that. But again, if you read, uh, an article, about Haglin, You know, as recently as this past season, it sounds like he was ready to go as far as the eye injury was concerned. He was ready to put it behind him and uh, get back onto the ice and continue his NHL career. Um, for his career, though, Haglin 713 regular season games, 110 goals, 186 assists, 296 points. He's actually played in, get this, 141 Stanley Cup playoff games, which is more than I would have expected for Carl Haglin. But, you know, he was part of the Ranger team that made it to the finals. And of course he won the two cups with the penguins. So that's a lot of games uh, right off the bat there, but yeah, in the playoffs, 141 games, 22 goals, 28 assists, 50 points. And again, a two time Stanley cup champion. Uh, his last healthy season was 2021, 2022, 53 games, only three goals, 11 assists. Uh, it does sound like from what I can gather though, he was one of the capitals best penalty killers uh, that season. And you know, as far as the contract is concerned, he's wrapping up a four-year deal that paid him an average annual value of $2.75 million. He's obviously not going to get that much in terms of the length of the contract or the amount of money per season. Obviously, again, the, the injuries have a lot to do with that. Uh, he had surgery on his eye, which, again, that just sounds horrible. He's been through a lot. And that kind of leads me into um, why I'm bringing up Haglin. And why I feel like the Rangers should at least look into him a little bit. It's the sentimentality. You know, I'll be honest. I like Carl Hagelin when he was a Ranger. I'll always have a soft spot for any player on the Rangers that was part of that run to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014. Again, you're talking about somebody who is a career overachiever. Uh, He was a late round draft pick. I don't have his exact status in front of me, but uh, the Rangers got him quite a bit later than they should have been able to. And he's gone on to have, obviously, a very nice career for himself. And... You know, he's coming off of, obviously, some pretty serious stuff here. The hip injury and more, um, you know, alarmingly, the eye injury. Just, just really scary stuff there. And I wouldn't mind seeing the Rangers give him a little bit of an opportunity. Now, again, there are some red flags. Obviously, the injuries that we've talked about. Also, the fact that Haglin really only plays left wing. And we know that the Rangers obviously have a surplus of players there. So it'd be hard to know exactly, you know, where to put him or how that would work. Or Carl Haglin come back and play the right wing. Is that possible? Um, Would Laviolette and the coaching staff, would they be more open and willing to, to trying some of the left wingers at right wing? We know Brandon Offman can play some right wing. Uh, We've seen Lafreniere do it. We've seen Kreider do it. We've even seen Panarin do it from time to time. Uh, So there's always a way to kind of shuffle the deck there, but that is something that also gets in the way. But, uh, you know, again, Haglin at this point in his career, you know, clearly not a perfect player. And I know there's going to be some people that listen to this and think like, oh man, why do you want him? But, you know, again, you have to fill out this roster with some inexpensive players. And I get the feeling Carl Hagelin, whether he signs with the Rangers or anywhere else, it's probably gonna be for one year at the league minimum, given everything that he's gone through and given uh, the fact that he's getting up there in terms of age. I mean, I almost feel bad saying that because he's gone through so much and it almost sounds like, uh, you know, I want the Rangers to like take advantage of him and just get him for one year, the league minimum. But, you know, that that's the cold hard reality of where we're at with this team. You know, the Rangers have to find inexpensive players making six figures, making the league minimum or just above the league minimum. And I think Carl Hagelin is going to qualify there. Uh, you look at what the Rangers did last year. They brought in some inexpensive players. It worked out with guys like Ben Harper and Jimmy Vesey. It did not work out so much for Ryan Carpenter. All those players were making the league minimum last season. And with Carpenter, you know, the way I see it, um, they took a chance on him last year, one year at the league minimum. I'll take my chances on Carl Hagelin one year at the league minimum over Ryan Carpenter. You know, Haglin, he always played hard when he was here. Um, brought a speed dynamic to the team that they were otherwise maybe lacking a little bit. He can kill some penalties. And again, there is a human side to this. You know, I'd like to see Carl Haglin continue his career if that's what he wants to do, if doctors are comfortable with him doing it. And you know what? As a 12th forward, I just feel like you could do worse than Carl Haglin. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I am again, I mean, the human element is there. I'll be completely honest about that. There are some red flags. And I'm sure there's some people that would rather see the Rangers go in a different direction, but I like Haglin while he was here, and I'd like to see the Rangers, uh, you know, possibly help him get back on his feet after what's obviously been a tough couple of couple of years for for Carl Haglin here. Um, but anyway, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. Uh, a quick reminder to everybody: I've been mentioning this uh, every so often recently. We're gonna do an episode in this uh, off season where. It's similar to what we did last year. I had you guys send in your stories about where you were and who you were with when Artemi Panarin scored in overtime in Game 7 against the Penguins. This year, we we'll are go back to uh, 2015. Send me your stories of Derek Stepan scoring Game 7 overtime against the Washington Capitals to eliminate them. Spare no detail. Uh, I've heard back from a few of you guys already some pretty cool stories, and I'm uh, looking forward to hearing uh, from a few more of you as well. Also wanted to mention Per here, LeBron, and Alan Walsh. The Rangers and Yaroslav Halak have had talks about an extension. Uh, No details that I can find, at least, as far as, you know, where those talks stand. Are they making progress? Are they close to a new deal? We'll see. But, you know, I'm certainly open to the idea of Yaroslav Halak coming back. I think my top choice for backup goalie would still be Alex Njelkovich. But uh, Yaroslav Halak is right up there. He did a nice job for the Rangers uh, this past season. And, you know, if there's any other free agent that you guys want me to talk about around the league, uh, you know, leave it in the comments section. DM me email me, do whatever you got to do. Get in touch with me, and I, I can definitely make that happen. But uh, that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked on New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.